Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due. Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Tonight. Craig Malosa and Dave Amato. Dave, how are you doing tonight? I am doing wonderful, sir. How are you? I am doing great. You know, uh, I am had a buddy come over and we had a little bit of uh, some 1792 high rise. So I'm feeling a little no pain. And then we also had some E.H. Taylor uh, rye. So uh, bottle and bond. So 100 proof. Excellent stuff. So what kind of soy latte IPA crap are you drinking tonight? So I'm still celebrating. Uh, ah. I've got my Raging Cajun uh, ale tonight um, uh, as I am still celebrating the big win uh, on Tuesday night. Well, I will take away the comment I made earlier about your soy sappy <laughs> Rapatino uh, IPA. No, I, I had I, I do have already, an IPA and an Oktoberfest on tap, just in case I need it. Well, you're going to need it because we've got a long night tonight. Uh, I did have a Raging Cajun Ale. Uh, no, I had the lager, I believe. Raging the lager, Cajun. okay. Yeah. I had the lager uh, uh, Wednesday night while watching the game. So Nice, uh, nice. That's my tradition. I got to have one Raging yep. Cajun, whether it's the lager or the ale. I got to have one of them pregame. And uh, so far um i the the texas game this year i did not have one and uh, it's the only game we lost ah it sounds like 2018 uh as we were traveling jay and i listened to santa esmeralda's uh mm-hmm. don't let me be a misunderstood before every game as we were uh traveling on the road uh i think that year i made 28 to 31 games and uh uh, one of them was we. I was in. Uh, I was in uh, at App State uh, for the Cajuns football game. So, and we'll get to that in a little bit. But Santa Esmeralda, don't let me be misunderstood, is a go-to song if you want to. Raging Cajun Ale or Lager, definitely a plus. So, uh, let's talk football though. Here, here we Absolutely. are tonight. It's uh, Thursday night. I had to think about it a little bit. Kind of screwed <laughs> up with all the nights here. Thursday night, uh, I think both of us have uh, Georgia Southern and uh, South Alabama on the TV, which we'll we'll talk about in a little bit. Uh, uh, but uh, let's go back to to last week. South Alabama at Texas State, man. Yeah. So uh, you and I talked about it last week about how uh, accurate I was on my predictions of the games, and this week really threw me for a loop and one of the ones that did was the South Alabama Texas State game I'm I was under the impression that South Alabama was going to dominate that football game and uh, I think most people expected that and I don't know if you got to see any of it I watched uh, quite a bit of it especially the end Um, and I'll be honest with you I did not know about the new overtime rule Um, I was aware, you know, years ago, it was after the second overtime and you scored, you had to go for two. Well, now they don't do that anymore. Now you have, it's just a two point conversion. That's you go straight to the two point conversion. I think you, you, you you play the first overtime from the 25 it's regular rules. You play the second one. 
And if you score a touchdown, you have to go to for two in the second one. And in the third one, they move on to a two point conversion. Just a two point conversion. So, so I was, uh, I was watching that game and I'm going to tell you, I was completely shocked that South Alabama did not play better and did not dominate that game. Now they're making up for it tonight um, as they are killing Georgia Southern, but but yeah, no, South Alabama is a team. I, I, I look, I thought they were better than they were when they played us uh, a couple of weeks ago. And they looked like when they were three and oh, they were a team to be reckoned with. I, I don't know what to expect from them. They're, they're a, a little bit of a Jekyll and Hyde team, it looks like. Ah, you see, that's where I disagree because I don't think that t- I, I think what we, what we underestimated on the Texas state side was the guys that were out against Incarnate Word in the game after that yeah, and, up, up north, whereas opposed to the Baylor game, the first game when they were at full strength, is Texas State back? Now, I think Texas State might be the Jekyll and Hyde team. You're right. And, and I, think, I think there was a huge letdown after being so hyped in their new stadium with, with the Cajuns in there, and they played, they, they played awesome against us. Which I don't, I don't think our fans gave them enough credit for how well sure. they played. Sure. So yeah, I look. I, the Sun Belt's an interesting dynamic. Look, we all know how good Coastal. We think we know how good Coastal is. We think we know apps of a good team. We'll find out um, uh, next next Wednesday night, and then we think the Cajuns are a good team. After that, it really is just a jumbled mess of teams that you know, could finish anywhere from, you know, 500 to a couple over or a couple under 500. And I think there's a, look, there's a, there's a lot of teams that are going to finish way under 500, but there's a handful of teams in there, Georgia Southern, uh, Troy, South Alabama, Texas state that, that I, I don't know where these teams are going to land because they are, you know, one week they show me something really good. Next week, they show me something that's, that's hard to understand. You're right about Texas State in the fact that, you know, we took so much out of that loss to Incarnate Word with, and, and it looked bad. It looked really bad on paper. But if you didn't know that they were missing all of those players in that game, it might look, they still, still should have won. You would think that they yes. would have better athletes than Incarnate Word and they should win that game. But, but regardless, they didn't. I think what we're seeing now is a little bit of what Texas State is and not what they were with those players that were out. So I think they're going to get better. I don't think they're a top-tier Sunbelt team, don't get me wrong, but they they showed that they can hang with some of the teams that we think are at least the middle of the road to the, the better teams in the Sunbelt by beating South Alabama. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, I, I think South Alabama goes on a little bit of run here, in, in my opinion. Uh and they're going to play some good ball from here on out. I know Georgia Southern's not the team that I thought they were, but at the same time, uh, we're going to see what happens when Coastal goes there and Coastal goes to South Alabama. I'm not willing yet. I know I'm not willing yet to say Coastal Carolina is a good football team. Uh, well, I'm sorry, a great football team. Right. I do think they are a good football team. You don't get to – Five and zero or six and zero without, but but let's face it, come on, no, man. They had the five. easiest schedule up to now. They played the two worst teams by far in the Sun Belt, so it, it's not like it's not like that they, they they played anybody this this week coming, which we're going to get to in the next segment. Yeah. 
with App look, State will tell us a lot. And I don't want to go too much into that right yeah. now. Look, South Alabama, you're right. It, look, South Alabama's got Georgia Southern tonight. They play ULM next week, and they play Arkansas State the following week. Those should be three wins, right? I, I just don't see them struggling in that. They have Troy after that. So they've really got four potential wins in a row that they could get. Now, their schedule gets much tougher after that. They finish with App, Tennessee, and, and Coastal. So I, All right, so they go to seven. They, they're seven and two going into the App State game and Tennessee, you know. Potentially, oh. yeah, yeah. So, so South Alabama can get on their run now. I think, you know, they, they still have a really good chance of being bowl eligible and will probably play in uh, the, the bowl in, the, in one of the bowls in Alabama. Hmm. Don't be surprised if South Alabama is not invited. If they continue to draw crowds at their field, don't yeah. don't be surprised if they're in, they're not invited to New Orleans. So, yeah. Just a thought. I know they would love to go there. Uh, I think uh, for for the South Alabama fans, I think they would draw well there, depending on who they. Well, it, it, South Alabama fans will show up. I think they are finally getting to a spot to where uh, they're not relying on uh, other schools and just people that happen to live in Mobile. I think they're they've got some some people uh, yeah. that that they're they're starting to draw to. So we've we've talked way too much about Texas That's State and South. I Alabama. Agree. But at the same time, uh, let's. I know Georgia Southern's playing right now, but Georgia Southern and Troy. First Another of all, let me, let, me go, let me let me let me go. Well, I'm glad you brought that up, though. But you, the one, the two that you say you miss, Texas State 33, South Alabama 31, Troy 27, Georgia Southern 24. Not like not like no. these were blowaway games, Dave. No, no, they were very close. They were very close. But I'm, I'm just... not going to take any betting advice from you. <laughs> Look, I missed I missed on both of these, uh, and I I really thought they were pretty much in my head. I thought Georgia Southern and South Alabama were going to walk away with both of these wins easily, uh, and I, and I was flipping on Saturday night between both of them. At the end, I was just trying to get one on and then flip over and catch the other one uh, because they were running concurrently. Yeah. Uh, but this was another one that I really thought Georgia Southern was going to go out there and 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 do what we thought they could do. And uh, look, I, I, Georgia Southern, and, and, and we'll talk about them too, but Georgia State, I, I am completely lost on what kind of football teams these are. I, well, I don't know what's going on with either one of them. So both games, two-point and three-point game, there's a re reason Vegas gives the home team three points. Yes, and both, exactly. those, both those guys were three points. I mean, they won by three points. I mean, you can. I, I don't know what the spread was, and I really don't care about all that with right. spread and all that. Uh, I it, it is hard. Jay Walker, give him credit. I don't agree with him all the time. As a matter of fact, sometimes he can be a complete and bungling, bungling idiot. But he's my friend and your friend, That's and right. uh, one, he he will tell you all the time. It's one of the hardest things to do is to win on the road. So well, it, it, it is. And look, I think this is where you see the parody in the middle of the Sunbelt Conference, right? Yeah. By looking at those two games specifically, and we're going to, you know, obviously we'll talk about the other two. And that's, that was more of uh, the top and the bottom, right? Yeah. Or at least it, one of them was the other one was the middle of the road, the bottom, but but the two games that we just talked about, that shows a ton of the what we think is the parody in the middle of those, this, the Sunbelt Conference. And I think I, we got a lot of that. 
I, I agree, and I think it gives the opportunity all four of those teams to jump up as the year goes on yeah. or even to, to roll into next year is a little better. But our last game on the weekend, Georgia State at ULM. Uh, look, I you know, ULM's I guess not a good football team. They don't have the no. Rodri. No. I, I, I hemmed and hawed when we were doing the podcast last week about I, I, I didn't know what to expect out of this game because ULM gave me a little bit of hope that they were okay by beating Troy, but Georgia State didn't show me anything. Well, Georgia State went out and manhandled ULM. And yeah. they, I mean, it was, it was ugly. I mean, I, they, ULM scored a late touchdown in that game, but that was an ugly football game. Georgia State beat them in every facet of that football game. And it was, it was a disaster. ULM is not a good football team with Rhett Rodriguez, but they are a terrible team without him. Like they have no, nothing going on without him. Um, I I just, they can't run the ball. They don't throw the ball. Well, they don't play defense. All they have is a decent kicker who, actually missed a couple of field goals in that game. So he, they just don't have a very good football team whatsoever. And I don't know how they pulled that game out against Troy, but, but I don't see them winning another game all season. No, I agree with you there. Uh, I don't know if, if they get, if they get Red Rodriguez back, maybe, maybe they have a chance and maybe they, maybe they play inspired football. Totally agree. That. Georgia State, though, is still an enigma to me. I have no <laughs> they clue are the biggest on. enigma in the conference. So, well, let's move on because I really, I, mean, I watched a lot. Of, I, I have two TV screens here at South Alabama, Texas State on one, Georgia Southern Troy on the other. And then I had my, my friends over at the Georgia Southern Sports Network. I know I keep talking about them, but they're my friends. Love to listen to Danny Reed. Comes on our, our show as much as I can get them on. And took time out of his day after uh, after the Cajuns' victory that we're about to talk to, about against App State. So, Danny, huge shout out to you, Danny. Appreciate you coming on. He goes, man, you're lucky. I love you. And I said, what's going on? He goes, he goes, well, we're, we're I'm I'm packing. I'm getting ready to go to the airport to play South Alabama. I'm like, oh shit. I'm sorry, man. I would have never have bothered you if I would have thought about that. But as anybody knows me, it's all about Craig. So that's right. Uh, and speaking of which, you're listening to We're Talking with Craig Malosa and Dave Amato tonight. Dave is a huge Cajun fan, but at the same time, a connoisseur of uh, a Sunbelt, I won't say football, Sunbelt sports, and uh, loves it and does a great breakdown, uh, which we're going to get to later on. Uh, I won't say during the week because it'll be next week before we post uh, Cajuns at uh, Cajuns game against Arkansas State. But Dave, the final game of the weekend before we go to our break, App State at Louisiana. I mean, I—I uh, <sighs> I don't even know what can be said. Um, I walked into that stadium on Tuesday night, and right before the game started, a couple hours before the game started, I—I I went back and I watched a, a, a quick version of last year's game, and I will tell you, going into the game, I had very low expectations of the Cajuns winning that game. But I watched the, the the recap from last year's game, and the one thing I noticed about it was how dominant our defensive front was against App in 2020. 
And by looking at that and realizing that every single one of those guys was going to be on the field on Tuesday, I had a much better feeling going into the game that the Cajuns had a better chance against that this year. Now, I had no expectation it was going to finish 41 to 13. Zero. Well, there was no way. I I will tell you, I agree with you on on looking back at the game and and seeing that and thinking about it. I'm going to go back to. Um, I think you and I discussed it. Uh, my, 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 but Levi's two worst games. Mm-hmm. App State last year. This year at South Alabama. Yep. In the rain. Coming down, Cajuns win them both. Is that is that going to happen every time? Was it because of Levi? Not necessarily. It was because of our defense. But I, I told anybody who would listen that I thought the game relied on two key areas for the Cajuns. I don't care what App State does. If these guys play Cajuns victory, and that was the offensive line, huge shout-out to Shane Vallow, Max Mitchell, and the rest of the guys up there. Awesome day, awesome display, and also – our, our, our linebackers yeah. needed huge play, did it. For our Gardner, moved around a lot, played great. Our, our guys were there. So, uh, no, you're, you, look, you're, you're absolutely right on both of those points. Uh, there's no question in my mind that our offensive line was a dominant force in that football game. And we've, we've, poked and and pointed out their weaknesses because of the loss of Carlos Rubio and moving people from positions. Not that they're not still all talented, but everybody's playing in a different position. And we've got a true freshman playing on that offensive line and he's still learning and growing. I'm going to tell you what they played by far their best football game from beginning to end. Because remember we saw a, a glimpse of this against South Alabama in the first half, but then they didn't, they didn't capitalize that on the second half. This game was four quarters of dominant football by our offensive line. No question about it. It it was definitely, uh, it it was one of those things when you look at it, uh, Carlos Rubio, and, and we talked about it last week that having guys hurt in the middle of the game hurt us. Mm -hmm. Whereas opposed to, having these, uh, having, having guys in there already for the week of practice was huge. Yeah. And look, they were dominant against a team. And we talked about this last week, a, a team that had dominant NFL caliber players at every level on that football team. Right. And, and I heard Jay Walker say this uh, about DeMarco Jackson, their, their linebacker. DeMarco Jackson might not be the best defensive player in the Sun Belt. He might actually be the best football player in the Sun Belt Conference. Uh, and he was nowhere on the field. He had three tackles in the football game. DeMarco Jackson was averaging 10 and a half tackles a game going into our football game. And he had three. And the other guy was their defensive lineman, uh, Demetrius Taylor, who a couple of years ago was the best football player on the field when they played the Cajuns uh, in that 17-7 game. 
Demetrius Taylor had one tackle. Between those two guys who should have been or, or will be playing in the NFL one day, they were um, they finished with four tackles. Four tackles on the night. And then Sean Jolly, who's their shutdown corner, was was beat up. Now, look, we beat their other corner quite a bit, but Sean Jolly had no impact on the game either. So the Cajuns dominated in every facet of that football game. You know, the only, the only game that I can tell you, I, I think that was a more, I won't, I won't, and I'm not going to, I'm sorry, I was about to say a more dominating performance. And it could have been the store, the score didn't reflect it as much, but I'm going to go back to 2013. Uh, Coach Hud's uh, second or third year, I forget which what year he started here, but uh, we went up to Arkansas State, totally dominated the game. They had like 97 yards total going into the fourth quarter in the game and, and a game that the catch, the Cajuns finished 23 to seven was not even that close. No Total domination by the Cajuns. No, I, I agree. I remember watching that game. I was actually in, uh, in, uh, no, it was somewhere in Virginia traveling and I was in a bar room watching that game, uh, at the hotel bar. Um, uh, and I said the same thing while the score did not indicate how dominant it was. It was, it was a total domination. And, and, and look, this one was too. The difference in this and that to me, and, and, and Arkansas State was a good football team. Right. I, I expected, and I still expect, App is a really good football team. And, and look, I, I, they're going to, they're, they're totally disappointed with this loss. Don't get me wrong. But App is probably, maybe going to lose one more game this season maybe and i don't know if they're going to lose that one and outside of that they're going to finish the season very good they're going to be a nine and three or ten and two football season when it all comes to the end of the season well, they're still that good they have talent all over that football field the reason i remember the, the game so vividly because i was actually there i went up uh i still had a house in indianapolis i was trying to sell so the week before i drove up stopped at uh in Bowling Green, Kentucky, and saw the Cajuns beat Western Kentucky. Continued on to App State, uh, up to Indianapolis for a week. Uh, did some work on my house, uh, and then headed on over to Jonesboro for the for the for the game. So it, it was it was uh, it was a fun seven days and lots of travel before I came home. Well, it was a great night on Tuesday night to be a Cajun fan, and most definitely. Uh, and I'm going to tell you this, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't think you were able to attend the game, but I, a, a big shout out needs to go out to the student body. Um, we did not have a huge crowd overall. Obviously a Tuesday night is always a struggle, but the students showed up for this football game, not to the extent that they did for the Nichols game, right. uh, which was a Saturday night game. But they showed up and they were loud and they were involved in the game. It was absolutely one of the greatest atmospheres to watch the students. And we need more of that. And I think on Saturday nights, we will get more of that. But it was fun to see those students going crazy in that football game. Well, Dave, let's go into our uh, commercial break. And then we're going to come sure. back and we're going to talk uh, what, what's going on this week coming up. And we'll talk a little bit. Uh, just there's not a whole lot to say about the Georgia Southern South Alabama game right it now. Yeah, it, I mean, 
But uh, we'll come back after this break. You're listening. We're talking with Craig Melanson and Dave Amato. And if I can learn how to work this computer out here and turn this one off, I'll be good. We'll be right back after this message. Welcome back into We're Talking. Craig Melanson, Dave Amato tonight. Dave, I noticed that you got a new beer out of the fridge there. What, what are you I drinking did. now? I did. You're not going to be happy. Oh, uh, it's a latte foam Carmen Cappuccino. No. This is uh this is Hopadillo. Uh, oh my god, it sounds disgusting right there. It's an it's an IPA made by Carbach Brewing out of Houston, Texas. Well, uh, I don't know what to say, Dave. I'm just, <laughs> um, just you know, it it is what it is. It's so, an acquired taste. It is. So uh, yeah, and. Evidently, I haven't acquired it yet, and I don't think I'm going to. <laughs> but let's move on with the and you know I've moved on as well. I'm on a Russell Reserve small batch. Uh, is it a small batch? It's not a small batch. It's not a single barrel. Russell Reserve ten year old uh, bourbon though, so uh, I'm kind of enjoying it. Actually, I, I love the Russell Reserves. A lot of people don't understand what it's about never seen it it's made by uh, russell reserve is a uh, now a uh uh shit what it's well it's jimmy russell is the older man that was the master distiller there and, and he has his and you know what's the younger one now is it jimmy and shoot i just picked that bottle up and i can't get up to to look for it now jimmy and what's his son's name well what it, it is it's it's awesome. It's a wild turkey product. Uh, okay. So good stuff. Um, looking ahead. Briefly, 41-14 as we talk right now, South Alabama, Georgia Southern. I'm a little shocked. Yeah. Uh, um, if you'd asked me coming into the game, the way the two teams played, I'd have picked Georgia Southern coming in. Uh, now it's I'm not looking very smart. So I – I picked South Alabama in this one um, earlier today. I, I thought South. Now I did not, in in any way, shape, or form, think it was going to be forty-one to fourteen. I thought this was going to be a very close football game. South Alabama came out and they look they 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 won this game early. I mean, it wasn't yeah. close early. It was, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was thirty-one to nothing at one point. And it was, and it's it's fourteen to forty-one right now, but. Yeah. Uh, it, it's been two field goals. Uh, yeah. Georgia Southern went for two on their touchdown convert. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Now it's it, this has been this has been like I said, it was thirty-one to eight at halftime, but I think it was th it was thirty-one to nothing at one point. And it's just it, it, South Alabama has dominated from the beginning of this game all the way through, and they just kicked another field goal to make it forty-one to fourteen. So yeah. they're still. They're still putting points up in this game. It's it's look and and I'm telling you, I, I looked at the stats a minute ago. Um, Jalen Tolbert, who is the best receiver in the Sun Belt Conference by far, has 11 catches for 171 yards. 11 catches for 171 yards. That's he's having a huge night. Yeah, big big night for these guys. Oh my gosh! Now I see. I'm I don't know which Georgia Southern quarterback it is, or if, if I don't even know who's playing now. But it's there's there's under four minutes to play, so let's move on. Yeah. Not yeah. not a game just because it's Sun Belt game. Uh, I'm watching it. 
uh, Liberty ULM. Now, this should be a game that the Warhawks should be in it until the final minutes and possibly kicking the field goal to beat Liberty. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, they're going to be they're going to they're going to be in it for about the first minute of the game, and I think that's about where it ends. Uh, Liberty is a very good football team, and we will have the luxury of seeing them later in the season, and I can't wait for that one. Actually, I think that's going to be a really good game. Uh, their quarterback scares the heck out of me. He is super good. Uh, and ULM does not have a player on the football team that can match up with most of what Liberty has on the on the football field. It that game, it's a 32 and a half point spread. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know how ULM keeps it that close. Yeah. Uh, what's the over under, though? Do you know, it's that it's 57 and a half. All right. So uh, I can see Liberty scoring. 62 on their own, but hey, can't do. Don't can listen. Too. Don't listen to me because you'll probably lose because I haven't picked right. anything right all year. Well, look, I I'd be surprised if ULM keep, is even in this game at halftime. It's uh, it's gonna it, it to me it's gonna be bad. It's it's just, there's nothing that I look at at both of these two teams and think that ULM has a chance. Yeah, I know we talked about the uh, the big run by the quarterback, and now he just got sacked back at 12 yards. So uh, <laughs> I'm sure no one's paying attention to us talking about this game. Uh, let's move on. There's really not a whole lot we can say. Now, here, here is a game I do find interesting with Troy and Texas State. It's a 2 p.m. start in San Mar and San Marcos. So, yep. uh, man, I like Texas State in this, and I, I like them. I, yeah. I, I like them by a touchdown or more. I don't know what the spread is. And so Troy is a seven and a half point favorite. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Um, I was talking I, about my bourbon, not that. No, I'm joking. I don't know how how Troy. Um, I, I I I think Texas State wins this game if they if they continue to improve and play like they have been and have all their players back like they've been playing. I I think Texas State wins this game. I. I yeah, look, I could be surprised because this is one of those in the middle of the conference team, you know, battles um, that showing that parity again. So we could be shocked, but I think Texas State wins this game. I, I do too. I, I man, that that's ugh. well. Uh, Cajuns haven't faced either one of them yet. We'll face both of them, so it'll be a game of interest for me on Saturday. Uh, can, I, can I take a can I take a quick break sure. from me? I got to go take care of something real yeah, quick. Yeah, I hear your dog barking. So hold yeah, on. Yeah, thank you. All right, and we're back to we're talking. Craig Malosa on Dave D'Amato. Dave. Sorry Demato. about that. That's all right. <laughs> That's okay. I'm sorry. I was at Dave D'Amato. That's uh, all right. Dave D'Amato. Uh, yeah, Troy, Texas State. Uh, uh, interesting for I think for Cajun fans. Yeah, no, look, it's going to be one of those ones I think Cajun fans, because we don't, we haven't played either one of them. Yep. Uh, I think Cajun fans should pay attention to it. Yep. Um, I, I know we're kind of early, but at the same time, Wednesday next week, I, I know we'll have a conversation uh, later on this week about Cajuns at Arkansas State, but let's go ahead. Um, let's talk Coastal Carolina App State next week. Boy, I, that's a that's one I am I am really excited to watch. Um, I, I 
we don't know what Coastal is. They're six and out, right? And they haven't the best team they've played has been Buffalo, and they struggled in that game. And Buffalo is I think Buffalo's three and three right now. So they're not a great football team. Uh, but we don't know anything about Coastal except they were really good last year. They proved that, and they're six and zero this year. App has played a much tougher schedule, but obviously now has two losses. They lost to Miami and they lost to us. Um, this is going to be a, a I think it's going to be a dogfight. I could see App winning this game, and I really believe they will. I think they will rebound. Um, after, after like, they're very upset about losing that football game, not because they lost, because I think they had the expectation that the Cajuns were a good football team. I think it was the way they lost. I think App comes out and they, 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 they know this is a must win game for them. They cannot have two losses in the conference and ever catch Coastal because Coastal's not going to lose another game probably in the conference. So I think this is App's chance to, to, to show that they are the best team in the East. And I think they come out playing at home in front of all those fans in, in Boone. I think, I think App pulls off this win. Uh, I, I, yes, I, I do think App wins the game. Uh, and I'm not – I think there are many things – that we, that we can talk about on in Cajun fans uh, can talk about on, in the sense of which is better for the Cajuns. Obviously we'd love to host, but at the same time, I would love to go into Conway and beat the COVID chickens in a championship game where, where, where they're undefeated and we have one loss that we didn't get the opportunity to la- last year to hand in their loss. Liberty handed them their loss. Right. Uh, so, so I posted this earlier today, and this is this is truly what I, I, I believe. I don't think it matters, right? At the end of the day, however it all shakes out, we are going to play a very good Liberty football team. We've played and beaten a very good app game team, and we're either going to play app or coastal in the championship game. It yeah, might no be doubt. there. Yeah, it might be in Conway or it might be in, in, in Lafayette against App. However that shakes out, and I know we'd love to be playing an undefeated Coastal team and them be number 14 or 13 or 12 in the country, we would love to have that on our resume. But however it shakes out, we will have played and hopefully beaten App State twice and Liberty once or Coastal, App, and Liberty. And those are three very good wins. And I don't think it matters. All we got to do is take care of our business. We can't worry about, look, I, I, I'm i torn. I, I'm with you. I really would love to see us go to Coastal and go beat their, beat the pants off of them. But I'd love to have that game here at Cajun Field. And I think it would be awesome to have the championship game here against App again. Um, but, but, Either way, the Cajuns just need they, – they can't – we can't control what we can't control. We can only control what we do. So go win every game you have on the remainder of your schedule, and I think it's it's feasible to do that. And then let those two shake it out, and whatever happens at the end of the season, we'll just have to play it out. Well, it, it, to me, it reminds me of conference realignment and, and the fact that there, there are so many scenarios – and I don't want to go, I mean, it's like conference 
what what happens happens quite honestly right. we have no control of it i know we're fans and we're talking about it and without yeah. without talking about it we wouldn't have a podcast quite honestly so i'm being a little bit hypocritical here uh but well, I, I know I know who I'm going to be pulling for just because I like them more. Right? Well, yeah, <laughs> right? right. I know who in my heart because because whether it's about the heart or what I think when the game is on and I'm sitting there watching it, I'm going to be pulling for App State because I like them so much more than even if I wanted Coastal to win for our benefit, I would still be pulling for App because I can't I can't make myself pull for somebody I don't like that much. It's like trying to pull for the 49ers or the Falcons. It's just not going to happen. It's like playing fantasy football. You're you're watching the guy that's playing against your team, and you're and he's on your team. He's on your fantasy team, and you're you're hoping he scores a lot of points, but doesn't win the game. That's what I look. Apps, my I I want App to win. I think they're going to win, but at the end of the day, that's going to be a really that's going to be a dogfight between those two teams. Because they know both teams know exactly what's on the line. This is the this is the Sunbelt East championship game. All right. I'm gonna say it right now. App by 14 points. Woo! Man, you are it's not it may be a dog fight, but in the end, app runs away with it. I, I look, I hope you're right. Um, there is no spread on it yet, obviously, because it's a next week yeah. game. Um, I, I don't know what the spread's going to be. My assumption is Coastal will be favored by a couple. I don't think they'll be favored by a lot. But, yeah, um, I, I, look, I'm with you. I, I think App wins the game. I hope App wins the game. And uh, we'll have to just see how it shakes out because there's going to be a lot of eyes on that football game. Uh, one, because it's it's a top 25 team playing. But, two, because everybody who follows the Sun Belt at all knows that these are the two premier Eastern Sunbelt conference yeah. games. So well, we'll see what happens. I still think, uh, uh, I just don't, I'm, I'm not convinced on, uh, on coastal coastal is still their rankings are part of last year. And it's like Notre Dame being ranked in the top 10 at the beginning of every season uh, or Michigan. Yeah. Uh, and what have they done for us lately? Not a damn thing. So screw all you Michigan, Michigan and Notre Dame fans. Rotten hell, you son of a bitches. Because you haven't done shit in how many years? So. Yeah. Look, I, I this is what like, this is what you wanted. Yeah, I remember when the Sun Belt was formed many years ago, and we didn't. You know, it, it doesn't look anything like it does today. And I remember the first team that went to a, the New Orleans Bowl was North Texas. And I think they were six and six when they went into the, the bowl game. Yeah. And, and it was just, it was, it was an embarrassment just to get, you know, the best team in the conference was still a terrible football team at that point in time. We are looking at, you know, now these three teams, Coastal App and, and UL. Yeah making some noise and getting some votes for the top 25 finishing in the top 25 starting the year in the top 25 i i would love to see and i don't know who hopefully we continue to be the team in the west but i'd love for this to become a a, a conference that you know the west has two or three really solid teams battling it out every year and the east has two or three teams battling it out every year and, and it just that makes it a whole lot more fun than 
than just running away with it and, and figuring it out. So I, well, look, we get three good teams at the top of this conference. Yeah, the problem is sometimes we look we look at uh, at at records and, and and standings versus what the games were, and we 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 can tell you that these teams were better than this team because they had a better record, but at the same time they beat the team that was three and three and seven by three points. So uh, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I just don't think the, 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 the West is as bad as everybody thinks they are. So, and I, and I'm hoping our Western brethrens in South Alabama and Texas state, and I'm not, there's no hope for Arkansas state. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, or ULM. So, all right. So, Texas State and South Alabama, you got to pull something here for us. So, that's right. That's absolutely right. All right, Dave. Great conversation tonight, as always. Uh, hope everything was settled down with the dog and didn't wake up your wake up the family there. So, uh, no, but, I can't do that. My uh, my baby just turned one yesterday. So, oh, well, always uh, a pleasure. And we're gonna get back. I'm. I'm clicking on too many damn things over here <laughs> and for some reason oh you know what i didn't plug in that computer so i've got to do that uh well thank you for listening tonight we're talking craig malasa and dave motto dave had a great night we'll talk soon about uh cajuns and arkansas state absolutely